Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Hopefully you found Mark chapter 16, but I'm going to throw that curveball in. We're going to do Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, um, that we've been kind of going over as our theme verse. And so if you want to read it with me loud and say it proud, that would be amazing. Ready, set, go. But you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and... Oh, they just stopped it right there. It's supposed to keep going. Okay. Anyways. And you will be my witnesses. And you will be my witnesses. To tell people about me. There you go. So I, I might have messed that up in my screen notes and kind of just gave them the short version of it. But um, last week we talked about, um, or, or we're on this series uh, called uh, Living an Empowered Life that's helping us to understand the importance and the power of, of the Holy Spirit in our life. Because the Holy Spirit is such a key piece to our daily Christian life for us to walk this out um, and in a way that uh, gives glory and honor to the Lord. And last week, we learned about four action steps uh, with Jesus that Jesus called us to in the Great Commission um, so that when we, um, with the help of the Holy Spirit, that we can stay on mission to reach people because that's the mission. We are to be reaching people with the gospel. We are to be reaching people in our spheres of influence and in even, even beyond that influence as well, those those spheres. And then um, we said that we know that way we can keep on going, right? We are to go and keep on going. We are to preach and keep on preaching. And then Jesus said, when we do that, then these signs will follow those who believe. And so we've been kind of sh- talking about that. And last week we um, talked about how the first sign that, that Jesus promised in the Great Commission, that we would be able to have the authority to cast out demons, Okay. And so we touched a little bit about that. And really, all of this is about the Holy Spirit working in you. If the Holy Spirit is in you, then you have the ability to actively walk in faith, believing that what Jesus said, believing what the Word of God says is true, that these things begin to happen in your life. Like I said last week, it's not like you're going out and hunting for for someone to go cast out, right? like a demon to go cast out. But there are times when there are situations that present themselves to where, man, you, 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 you need to know, as a believer, I have authority over whatever that spiritual thing is that's going on. It could be, you know, I, um, I remember uh, a while ago, well, this is a long time ago, but um, uh, talking with my sister. Yes, I do have a sister. I don't talk to her about her much, not for any other reasons, but yes, I have a sister. And, and her daughter kept seeing... Um, um, something moving in her uh, bedroom at night, like late at night, right? And so we talked and everything like that. And so she went into the room and she began to pray and she began to take authority over whatever that spirit was. And um, it took a couple nights, but after that, no longer. It wasn't there anymore. But see, that's the authority. That's the power we have as a believer. But see, we've got to be able to put it in, into action, into use our faith in order to release this authority that Jesus gave to us, okay? It's not something made up. It's, it's the authority of God's word, right? 
And so the authority of God's word comes through us, but see, we have to release it and, and believe in faith that it's coming out of us, okay? So if you missed that, uh, you know, uh, go listen to the podcast. But let's read Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. It says this, And he said to them, this is Jesus talking, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Again, this is Jesus talking. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Okay, so our next supernatural sign that Jesus promised is our title today. They will speak in new tongues. Okay, they will speak with new tongues. Let me pray real quick. Holy Spirit, open our ears, open, uh, open up our senses to what you would want to say to us today about this gift that either we have or maybe not have yet. But open, open us up. Let us hear. Let us be sensitive to what you want to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so regardless of where you land on the topic, it's kind of just irrefutable, the fact that, you know what? Jesus said believers would speak with new tongues, right? Because it's in Scripture. It's not something Pastor Scott made up. It's not something anybody else made up. It's in Scripture. It's what Jesus said. It's what he's promised. And so... By, by what we read, it, you can just tell that man, Jesus was reaffirming. He was saying, you know what? This is what's going to happen as you follow me. And he says, they will speak. Okay? And that's just basically saying it's a, it's a verbal declaration of what's on one's mind or is just, just kind of um, hidden in our thoughts. And it's to the point of the fact that Jesus said, as we pray in the Spirit, it's the, the, the heart of the Spirit, what the Spirit is hearing, what the Spirit wants to speak through us so that it comes across in our prayer language to, to the Father. So it says, they will speak with new. Now, new, we know, is something that is brand new, something recently made. It also carries the idea of something that is superior. So think about that. They will speak with new, something superior, far beyond the language that we can speak. Okay, and I know it doesn't make any sense when you hear people doing it, and you know it can sound kind of crazy, but that language is far superior for me to, to pray than me praying in my own natural language. It doesn't make sense to me, but I know through Scripture that it's far superior as I'm connecting in this relationship with God. So it says, they will speak with new tongues, okay, which refers to a language or a dialect used by a particular people distinct from that of other people. So uh, uh, a couple weeks ago, we had said that this was kind of our, our, our definition of what speaking in tongues is. It's the supernatural ability to pray. How many, how many pray? Right? We pray. Okay. This is an added, added benefit, an added gift is the supernatural ability to pray, praise, and prophesy using languages, either human or heavenly. It's either or. 
that was never learned and is not understood by the person speaking because it's the Holy Spirit speaking through you. That's where, in that, you have to be a surrendered vessel. You know, because in the natural mind, you just don't, it doesn't register. You're like, wait, this is, this is weird. But see, if you, if you get to the point where you begin to really become this surrendered vessel to the point of, you know what, God? Man, if this is something you want in my life and flowing out of my life, then man, I'm going to surrender all my thoughts, all the things that I know, or all the things that maybe I have uh, put aside because, man, it's just kind of weird and it's out there then I, I just challenge you to say, no, you know what? I'm going to be a surrendered vessel. Absolutely surrendered. But this is a promised gift, right? It's a promised gift that he, he wrote and gave to us as a statement of fact for those who believe. And when we say for those who believe, basically what that means is just that you're engaged. You've engaged your faith to believe it. To engage your faith, Right? Faith without works is dead. We are to be a people who are engaging our faith, engaging what we believe God has said, engaging what, what, what the promises of God are in our life. But see, if we don't engage them, then we're not really out walking in faith. I would almost say we're not even believing. You know, it's like even like your, your relationship with Jesus. To, to give your life to Jesus, you're doing that in faith. But then there's so much more that you got to keep learning and growing in to the point where, man, you know what? No, man, I'm so, that's, I, yeah, I got this situation going on in my life right now. I'm surrendering it to him. What? Because some people go, no, no, I can't do that. I, I got to hold on to No, I'm going to surrender to him, and I'm going to believe that the Holy Spirit is going to lead, guide, and direct me in the right direction in order for this to be just a small little bump in my, my, my road. Instead of something huge and monstrous because we've allowed our mind to, to race into other directions. And it's important that we, we just understand that this is important that we, we engage our faith and believe that God wants to do these, these miraculous things, these signs and wonders in our life. Okay? Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you want to turn there, um, the Apostle Paul reveals two very important categories regarding. Uh, tongues to us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, um, he refers to different kinds of tongues. And then also in verse 28, he, he uh, calls it variety, varieties of tongues. Okay? So different kinds of tongues and variety of tongues. And both are the same kind of, kind of word, that different in varieties. But it just means that various categories or groupings or classification of types. So there's not, you, you have a prayer language if you, if you uh, pray in your heavenly language and, and you have this, this gift. You have that, but there's also um, variations to it or different types. And we want to kind of look at that. And then also in 1 Corinthians 3, chapter 13, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels. That's Paul talking. And he said, you know what, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels. So looking at this, it kind of gives us two broad categories of possibilities when it, we're talking about speaking in tongues. So we want to kind of cover the, the first one. This is like the first point, but we're not really on the first point, but I'm just kind of giving you a preview of what's coming. The first point is different, the different purposes of tongues. 
So we want to talk about that. The different purposes of tongues. And purpose means what's, what something is used for. Why, why is tongue, what, what, what's the importance of tongues? Why, why, why should I even use it, right? Or it even means an object to be reached, a target, an aim, or a goal. And then the second one is the, the various uses of tongues, okay? And that basically means uses means the action of using something and the manner of the amount of how you use it, okay? Because I could have something, but that doesn't mean I use it all the time, right? That would, like, my wife would say, yeah, the hammer. You have a hammer in your garage, but you don't use it very often, because I'm, I'm not very good at anything when it comes to hammer, nails, anything, screwdriving, anything. I'm just not very good at it. But, 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 but I have it, but I don't use it, and I should be using it, because I have a lot of things around the house, but I just kind of look at it and go, no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 I know. Come on, Jesus, can you fix that for me? Anyways, that's way stretching. Okay, so let, let's look at this, this very first one. So this would be kind of, it's not a truth, it's just the first point. The, per, the different purposes of tongues, okay? And there's going to be some things underneath it. So one of the, the purposes of tongues is a personal communion with God. Personal communion with God. Let me give you a, a few scriptures that talk about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 2. It says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Right? He's, I, I'm praying in my heavenly language. I'm speaking mysteries because I have no idea what's coming out. But man, there is something that I am locked into, this heavenly divine communion relationship that I have with God, that in, in my natural language doesn't sometimes not, doesn't feel like it connects. Like I'm kind of like, man, I'm, I'm searching for the words, communion with him. But man, for me personally, when I pray in the spirit, then you know what? What happens to me is somehow, man, there is this, this well, I, not somehow, but there is this, this divine connection that all of a sudden I am linked up to the Father. I am linked up to Jesus. I am linked up to the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so, so uh, important and really to me just my desire for anybody who doesn't have that gift to be able to experience the same thing I do when I get an opportunity to pray in the Spirit. Okay, Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 26, it says, Likewise, uh, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. How many got weaknesses? I'm raising my hand high, right? But it says that the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Ever been there before? Man, I don't know what direction to go in anymore. Not really sure. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groaning. I mean, intercession, man, He's praying, right? He's helping us pray for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Or just, man, can't understand. And our natural mind locks in and goes, I can't understand this. This is crazy. I'm not doing it. But see, we got to get beyond the natural mind to the point where we're like, no, this is a promise. I, I, I know that the Holy Spirit has, has come to rest and reside in me in such a way that I have this ability to pray in a heavenly language. Okay? So tongues helps you and I to have a real exchange of intimate thoughts 
and feelings with God on a spiritual level. On a spiritual level, right? If, 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 if you had an opportunity every day to take, take the train up to heaven to meet with God for 10 minutes, wouldn't you do it? Yeah, I would, right? I actually might be early to the, to the, to the train station. Because I'm known around in my family that I'm the guy, yeah, dad says this time, but that means add another five or 10 minutes on to it. And I'm just like, hey, man, you know, I got to look good. <laughs> Anyways. But, but, but if, if we had the opportunity to take the train to go visit God for 10 minutes a day, we would, we would do that, right? Because, man, you are in his presence. Well, take an opportunity such as praying in your heavenly language in those quiet times that you have with God, man, that, that's like taking the train. I can't explain it to you because you think, well, well, well but, but, there, but it's something that, that, that just compels you as you are praying that, man, you just feel connected, like you just plugged in. You, you just, you know, called the, the, the hotline of God and God answered. Like I said, you remember Batman and the Batman hotline where Commissioner Gordon called Batman? Right on it, man. Boom. You know, and then he flipped that head. I always wonder who that guy with the statue, you know, when he flipped the head and clicked the button and then the, the bookcase went like that. Um, again, random, but <laughs> you're stuck with me today. Anyways, okay? So, but, but, but understanding that, that, that that's an opportunity for us to get, get in the, on the train to be able to have this, this one-on-one um, relationship with the Lord. And it's just something we need every single day. And, and really, too, for me, it's, it's a spiritual jump start. Have you ever gotten up in the morning, and, man, you're just tired, and you're wiped out, or even maybe even during the course of your day, and you've just been bombarded with all kinds of things? Well, this, this gift... Speaking in tongues gives you the opportunity to, man, I, you know what? I need a spiritual jumpstart right now. I need something to just kind of jolt, you know, like a car battery where you come with the, the jumper cables and you plug it in and the other car and it, it charges up the thing. There's something about praying in tongues that, you know what, causes, causes you to, to get a spiritual jumpstart. How many need that? I need that, like all the time it feels like especially with the weight of this world and all the stuff that's going on and everything, right? And then in that spiritual jumpstart, in that engagement, you know, there are times that we are fighting battles throughout our day. Maybe they were seen or expected or maybe they were unexpected, but man, I am so glad that at times when I walk into unexpected or even expected things that I, I have this gift to be able to, to empower me, to encourage me, to jumpstart me spiritually so that I can begin to look through the lens of how God sees it instead of the lens of how Scott sees it. Because really, sometimes when Scott sees it, Scott does not see it in, through God's lens. It's not a natural thing for me. I'm working on it. I'm trying to get there. But how many would you ever, ever look at a situation and, and maybe you just didn't look through God's lens first? And then all kinds of weight and pressure and all kinds of things begin to just pile on you. And you're like, wait a minute. I, there, no, I can't, I, can't, I, I can't just walk in this. But man, speaking in tongues gives us that opportunity to connect to God 
right? Energizes our spirits, sharpens our spiritual senses so that we can move forward in faith. The next, next part of that, another purpose, is the corporate gift of different kinds of tongues. Now, there's a corporate gift. Now, this is where it comes to the fact where it says to another different kind of tongues, okay? Now, there, uh, again, are different kinds of speaking in tongues, but this gift of speaking in tongues is a corporate ministry gift. Say corporate ministry. Okay, it's a corporate ministry gift that operates in a church service. And it differs then from our just personal speaking in tongues. And what that does is that um, there are, there are um, only some who operate in this public gift of, of speaking in tongues that, that operates in this public setting. So there, let me, let me try to phrase this. So there are times when you, we may be in a service or you may be in a service and all of a sudden the Lord opens up and this, this word comes, right? And it's in tongues. And that sounds kind of weird, like what is going on? But see, in a corporate setting, then there should be the interpretation, the interpretation of the tongue to where there is insight that yields the fruit of prophecy or yields the, the fruit that, that, that believers, or even unbelievers, would get it, would understand. And it's important that, that they connect, connect together. Because I've been in services where all of a sudden it comes out and, and, and nothing. And you're like, ah, and it leaves people kind of like, what? what was that all about? Yet when it, it, the, the, um, the interpretation of it comes, it, it, it's to build up. It's to edify us. And if you, if you want more insight, there's more stuff in, in the workbook that you can look at. But I just wanted to make sure that we covered that, that part of it. And the second part, uh, the third thing, another purpose is a sign to an unbeliever. So there are two ways that tongues can be assigned to an unbeliever. The first happens if any unbelievers are present, when we just kind of a little bit talked about this, present in the church and, the mess, and a message of tongues comes and then the interpretation is given, it draws our heart to, to, to closer to the Lord. It draws even their heart closer, right? Because it is a, a, a word in season for the hearer. It's a word in season for the hearer. And I believe, man, unbelievers, man, it will catch, capture their heart. Because I... God loves people so much that he, he knows who's in, in what service. He knows who's in the house and in the building. And that he wants to make sure that everyone can receive what that word is. Everyone. You know, and it's, it, Christianity is not an exclusive club. Right? And so God doesn't operate, hey, I'm just inclusive here. His heart is the fact that, man, I see who's in the building. I know what's going on. And if someone were to, to, to begin to, to, to declare with, with uh, the gift of tongues, and then there's the interpretation, that interpretation is for everyone to hear. Everyone. And so it draw, I think it draws the unbeliever closer. Right? 
The second way tongues can be assigned to an unbeliever is through miraculous communication like we see recorded in Acts chapter 2, right? You remember on the day of Pentecost, the unbelievers rushed, right? They rushed into the streets in response to the sound of the Holy Spirit coming. Not not every single person, if you remember Acts chapter 2, when they came to where they were, were believers. They weren't. They were like checking out, like, what is going on? Something has just happened. Something has just occurred. And these guys, they're Galileans, man. They don't know nothing. They're uneducated, unrefined. What in the world is going on? But here they are. They're speaking the wonderful works of God. That's what it says in Scripture. They were speaking the wonderful works of God. But it wasn't in their own language, right? It was in the language of those who had come to Jerusalem from the surrounding areas and regions. Because they, they heard it, and they're all, hey, in my, wait a minute, they're speaking in a language that I can understand that they're worshiping God. They were unbelievers. But see, God miraculously moved, right? He had this miraculous communication so that when they heard it, they were like, oh, wow. Totally understandable what's going on here. And so much so that they were captivated. Then what, what happened? Peter turns around. He preaches a message. 3,000 people were added to the church that day. They, they repented and they got baptized. But see, it drew, it drew them and their hearts in. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 22 says, therefore tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. That always just mystified me. I always like, wow, how does it, what? But man, the more I, I think about it, the more I'm convinced that that, because God is all inclusive, that man, that, 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 gift of, of and, and the word of prophecy and the word of, of confirmation comes in in such a way that, it, man, it stirs the heart of an unbeliever to the point of, man, I want to know more about this. I want to understand more. So we see that there's different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. It's all part of this Holy Spirit gift. But here's the deal. Sadly, we don't use it enough. Sadly, we don't see it in miraculous fashion as frequently in the church today. But I'm, I'm convinced, though, it's still alive. It's still going. It's God, God still has a purpose and a plan. And if that ever happens here, you know what? As your campus pastor, as your pastor, I will do everything in my power to make sure that it is done decent and in order and that, man, there is a, an understanding of what's going on, that, it, that, that no weirdness will happen. That, that, that's my plan. That's my goal. That's my heart to you. That it wouldn't be weird. It wouldn't be funky. But you'd just be like, oh, wow. Look at what God's doing. Look what God's saying. I will do everything in my power to protect that. Everything in my power. That's my guarantee to you. Okay, but this leads us to our, our kind of our second um, kind of point, not point, but whatever it is. Our second thing is the various use of tongues. Okay, because there are some things that we can use while we use tongues, while, while they're important to us. In Ephesians chapter uh, 6, verse 18, it says the apostle, the, the, the apostle Paul expressed this to us, that we are to be praying always 
with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Now, that, you think about that, because we don't think about that, right, in the context. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Again, that, that is a confirmation that this should be a gift we are utilizing. This is a gift that we are believing in and, and actually using in our life. And, and I don't know if you, you think about this, too, but Paul connects this to the armor of God. See, we talk a lot about shield of faith, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, right? belt of truth, shoes. And then right after that, he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. So to me, that's important. Because he, he's saying that's part of your armor as well. That's part of your equipment as well, that you be praying, right? And not just praying in, in your, or your regular language, but hopefully to some point you get an opportunity to step in faith into praying in the Spirit. But it's very, very, we have to understand, it is very, very much part, I believe, of our spiritual armor. Because prayer and supplication, right, is, 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 is part of the battle plan that God has. I, I'm fully equipped. I got all my gear on, my armor of God on. Okay, great. Now what do you do? Pray. Pray without ceasing, right? Pray. Pray. Pray, Right? But see, sometimes we, 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 we kind of skip that step a little bit. And we don't remember this is something that we need to, like, you know, really have in our life to a point where, man, it's, it's just become so natural for us. And so when Paul says, uh, praying always with all prayer, that word all is just referencing the use of anything and everything available to us. Okay? Every order of prayer that we can use, let's use it, including Holy Spirit-assisted prayer. Holy Spirit-assisted prayer. Okay, so we've instead, now, now look at uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 14. It'll be up on the board here in a second. But again, different kinds of tongues. So we, we kind of established that, you know, there's that, that tongue for the corporate setting, right? But then verse 14 says, for if I pray in a tongue, my, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Okay? Now, your mental understanding is unfruitful. I believe your spiritual understanding is, not, is fruitful because you know that you are communicating with God. Although I might not understand what I'm saying in the moment, I believe the Holy Spirit is confirming in you, that you're on target, that he is praying through you, that man, the, 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 the hotline to heaven is wide open. But Paul says, yeah, I pray this, but man, my understanding, my own personal understanding doesn't really kind of trigger with it. But see, we got to get beyond our natural thinking when it comes to spiritual things. That is so important. 
For, for you to grow, really, I think, in any area, you have to get beyond the, 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 the physical, mental um, things that we understand because of who we are and open ourselves up to what the spiritual understandings are, what God is trying to get across to us and what God is trying to say. And so one of the, one of the first uses of this, the various uses of tongues that we have written down here is that, you know what, speaking, speaking in tongues is used in praise. It's used in praise. Here are a few examples of praising in tongues, okay? And what I mean by that is, um, you know, we might be in a worship service, and we're worshiping the Lord, and all of a sudden you might hear somebody in their, their um, spiritual language begin to kind of sing a melody, and you're kind of like, wow, what is that? Right? Nothing weird, nothing crazy, but it's the Spirit now is, is praising in, in, in a language through you to God. It says this in Acts chapter 2, verse 11. We hear them speaking in our own, tongue, in, in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Okay? That's part of, part of praise, right? When we praise God, aren't we declaring the wonderful works of God? Yes, we are. Amen. Acts chapter 10, verse 46 says, For they heard them speak with tongues and what? Magnify God. So in that process, they were magnifying God. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 14, uh, verse 15 says, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. Right? So that, what he means is that's his natural um, prayer language, or his natural um, voice, language. So he'll understand that. It says, then I will sing with the Spirit. So that's a natural thing. Paul sang in the Spirit, right? And that's weird because if you're not a singer in some ways, that just sounds kind of awkward and weird and like, how, what, how, how does that work? But sometimes you've got to be able, again, to put aside the mental, the mental uh, aspect of our minds and allow the spiritual our spirit to rise up, the Holy Spirit to rise up and just begin to give us an utterance, a song within our heart. It says, I will sing with the spirit and I will also sing with the understanding, right? When we're singing in worship, we understand what we're singing. So whether we're worshiping privately or, edif uh, or, or the edifying of the church through tongues and the interpretation, using tongues to extend our praise Beyond, it just extends our praise beyond the limits of our natural mind. Where our natural mind can't go there, our human vocabulary can't go there, but man, there's such a profound benefit in the gift when I am praising the Lord in my heavenly language. And, and the great thing about it too is you can move back and forth from your regular language to your heavenly language. You can do it. It's not all of a sudden, man, the Holy Spirit just takes over and you're just like, ah, I can't control myself and it's just, ah, or whatever. No, you can, you have the ability to turn it on and off because the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit will, 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 will want to rise up in you and, and it's whether you want to turn it on or not. So I'm, I'm just saying, turn it on more often than than you have been, 
if you feel like, ah, I'm not too sure. And if you're still on the fence and you're still not sure and you, or you think, man, no way, I don't want that, praise God, that's okay. Uh, no, no, throw, no stones are thrown here. But if you are like, yeah, I want to know a little more about that, then again, I am open to talk. I am open to, you know, to help you navigate and look at it and see where that might be able to fit into your life. But again, there is absolutely no pressure whatsoever. I just want to highlight these things because it's so important in our, our, our Christian walk. If I didn't have these things, man, I, I would have a, a lot harder walk with the Lord, right? Because I'm human just like you guys. I have issues just like you guys. Yeah, I'm called to be a pastor. Praise the Lord. There's a grace on my life for it. But man, it doesn't take me away from actually living life and being in, in the trenches like, just like you guys. But see, if I didn't have these, this gift and I didn't allow it to operate in my life, man, things I just know things would be a lot harder for me when I'm trying to navigate situations and, and things that are, are taking place within in my life. The second usage is, is in intercession. Romans 8.26 says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Again, we've read that. It says, for example, we do not know what God, we do not what God, know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings and cannot be expressed in words. Have you ever been in those situations where you didn't know what to pray? You weren't sure? Ah, what, how do I, whatever. Man, what an opportunity, though. You can rely, rest on the Holy Spirit and say, all right, Holy Spirit, let, let, let's go by faith, man. I'm going to start beginning to release my spiritual language, and I believe that you're going to be the one that's going to navigate this prayer. And again, you remember, it's a direct hotline, so you know God's in the midst of it. Instead of sometimes feeling like, man, I'm just fumbling all over the place. He's giving you like, an extra, like, hey, I'm going to help you. So, again, in, in this kind of scripture, it says it helps us, right? He helps us, which means to take hold of something with another person or to partner with somebody in an endeavor. So that means God has given us the Holy Spirit to partner with us. In whatever endeavor that is, if it's a situation where you don't know how to pray, man, the Holy Spirit there is to help us. And then it says, helps us in our weaknesses, right? And that's just one's inability to handle the struggle. I've been there. I've had opportunities, man, where I didn't know what to do in the struggle. But again, that's okay. Right? I think sometimes we get in Christianity where we're not supposed to struggle. Well, I'm a Christian. God loves me. I'm not supposed to struggle. Well, you're going to go through struggles. But see, I love this because then that tells me, you know, I'm normal. And God knows that I'm normal. And he's already given me an opportunity to have a way to get beyond the struggle. Right? It's like having a fast pass at Disneyland or something like that. You're just like, no, I can move beyond the struggle because I've got the Holy Spirit living inside of me. So it says, helps us with our weaknesses. And then it says, prays for us. So that's just the Holy Spirit literally stepping into the middle of our current situation. Praise God. I've got somebody on my side who will literally step in 
and say, let's go, Pastor Scott. Let, 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 let's go with whatever this situation is. I am right there in the middle of it. And sometimes I like to think about, you know, the whole thing, my dad's bigger than your dad type of thing. Oh, yeah, my dad can beat your dad up, you know, type of deal. Well, man, I feel like the Holy Spirit comes into my life, and it's like the Holy Spirit standing like that and go, yeah, see, he's bigger than you, enemy. He's bigger than you, Satan. Okay, so weaknesses, he prays for us, and then it says groanings. That just means the guttural sounds that come from the depths of, of, our, of our inner self, just kind of where they come out, like they kind of sound gibberish or even babyish or whatever, but that, that's the Holy Spirit arising within us. And then it says expressed in words where, you know, it's just they're not directly known. So if we were to put it all together, like kind of in an extended tran- translation, it would read something like this. Um, the Holy Spirit himself literally steps into partnership with us when we are completely overwhelmed by our current situation, activating supernatural power for us by drawing from the depths of his, his heart to inspire our spiritual language, that's supposed to be with, spiritual words so far beyond human expression that only God, G, can understand. That only G can understand, right? Gets you a little urban, urbanness in there, all right? But man, it, it is just words so far beyond human expression that only God can understand it. But see, the Holy Spirit steps into your life, and man, I start praying from, from this heavenly language, and you know what? God understands. I don't understand, but he understands, and he starts to move, and he starts to activate, and he starts to do all the things that he wants to do in our life. So if you, if you have a prayer language, if you pray in tongues, right, I want to encourage you when things get cluttered in your mind, pray in tongues. Okay? This is if you have it. If you don't have it, then that's okay. Again, if you lack maybe information or understanding sometimes, what should you do? Pray in tongues. Or if you're troubled by something or someone or whatever it is, guess what? Pray in tongues. But see, each time you do, then we have to be confident that the Holy Spirit's partnering with us, that the Holy Spirit is coming alongside of us. And then as we're praying, man, this beautiful language that comes out, that, that this powerful intercession is happening. And what I love about it is when, when the Holy Spirit prays, I'm not lacking anything through me. Because when I, when I pray in my natural, I feel like I'm lacking something sometimes. But when I pray in the Spirit, I know for a fact because it is in direct correlation with God moving in my life and the Holy Spirit speaking out. Man, I, 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 don't, I don't feel like I lack anything in, in that, that prayer language. Because really, there's no need to feel limited. I, I don't need to feel limited in my prayer life ever again because I have this, this, this ability to, to connect with God in such a way, right? But, but see, you've got to choose to turn the switch on, right? Or, or if it is something that you're, you're interested in and you haven't you know, got into it, like I said, man, make every effort to come talk to me. Make every effort to say, hey, I want to know more about this stuff because it is 
to me so vital. Okay? The third thing that, that, that the usage is, and that this is going to be in rebuke, right? You might say, well, what, what, what does that make, make sense about? Okay? But rebuke is another use of tongues, both used private and in public. And it really is what it's doing is kind of borrowing in this correlation between prayer and tongues. But, but we see, and we'll look at it in, in Scripture right here for a second, that you know, even though Jesus didn't, didn't necessarily pray in tongues where it says Jesus prayed in tongues and he rebuked something, there, there's a correlation here um, that we'll get to in a second. But, uh, but this is, give, let me give you a couple of scriptures. Luke uh, chapter 4, verse 38 and 39. It says, Now he arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house. That's Peter's house. But Simon's wife's mother was sick. His mother-in-law was sick with a high fever. And they made the request of him concerning her. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever. And it left her. And immediately she arose and she served them. Then uh, in Mark chapter 4, verse 37 and 41, it says that uh, Jesus rebukes the wind. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat. So that, they had, uh, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And when they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care we are perishing? Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Now, you notice when he rebuked, the fever left the mother-in-law. When he rebuked the wind then great calm came. And that word rebuke, I mean, basically just means uh, to verbally assault or reprimand or uh, reprove or to humiliate something regarding an action or perspective. So understand this. I mean, when the Bible talks about like rebuking things, it's not about like rebuking a person, okay? But instead a rebuke is, is issued when one discerns Right? A person or a personality that is behind what is happening. Okay? So here, here you have, you have um, in, in Acts chapter 4, right? Um, where, oh, maybe it's not Acts chapter 4, I'm sorry. Um, in Luke chapter 4, you have Jesus, he rebuked the spirit of infirmity that was on the mother or the mother in law. Okay? He didn't rebuke the mother-in-law. Hey, get your act together. Get up, man. You're not sick. What are you doing? Right? He didn't do that. But he knew that there was, a, there was a spiritual thing that was tied there. So he went and rebuked that. Okay? And then, then you have in the other example where Jesus discerned and rebuked the evil force behind the wind. He, you know, he just said, peace be still. He didn't say, hey, wind, get your act together. Get out of here. Stop blowing. No. But see, the power of his word, the power of his presence. But see, you, but we have to spiritually discern what's going on when, when this, this, this rebuke comes. And there are times when, you know, privately and publicly, when the, 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 the indignation of the Holy Spirit begins to rise up in us as we're playing in the Spirit, when he senses that there's a spiritual thing going on, not just a physical thing going on or a natural thing going on. And it begins to rise up inside of us. 
Remember, remember I said back in the feet, it's tied to the armor of God. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a battle plan. So when that, when that situation begins and you begin, begin to pray in the spirit and all of a sudden, man, you get this sense of, man, you're, you're going for it, man. It's like almost like this authoritative praying in the spirit. We're correlating that to a rebuke of that spiritual thing that is happening in your life because spiritual things are real. Very, very real. Right? There's, there's the God kind of spiritual things and there is the enemies kind of spiritual things. But always, 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 God always, always wins. Every single time. So if that happens, don't go, oh my gosh, why am I getting so... Just let go with it, man. Just go with it and let him continually to speak through you. Very last one is in exhortation. Uh, Again, 1 Corinthians 14, the the Apostle Paul includes exhortation. And that's, again, he says, you know, it's, it's one of the three benefits of prophecy. But the gift of various kind of tongues combined with the uh, uh, interpretation of tongues, yeah, I can read, uh, brings the same results as prophecy. But this is what he says. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, but he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. But he who speaks in a tongue, what? Edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. Again, think about it in a way that edification, it is, it is um, edifying you. It's, it's putting the, the, um, the car charger cables, right, and connecting you to the power source. Or all of a sudden you're getting a spiritual jolt, right? And it's beginning to, to build up inside of you, and you're being edified by, 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 the, by the Spirit. And really, that, that word edification, you go through all the Greek stuff, but it just means to confirm, strengthen, embolden someone in their inner being. I mean, how many sometimes just need that? I know I do. And so the whole, this, 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 um, the gift of speaking in tongues is so important. And so simply put, if I was going to put it simply, it means to build up. When you pray in, in the Holy Spirit in your tongue, then you know what? Part of it builds you up. Builds you up. And then he's got exhortation, which basically means to stir you up. And then there's comfort. I mean, who doesn't like comfort, right? But that comfort is to cheer you up. So the Holy Spirit is at work. He's doing some things. In us, Acts chapter nine thirty one says that the churches throughout all of uh, uh, Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. Okay, they were built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, right? They were cheered up. They were encouraged. They what? They were multiplied. So finally, Isaac, if you want to come up and play the keyboards to end this, finally, you know, kind of Jesus ties it all together in John 14, and he, he, he references the Holy Spirit as a comforter. We've all heard that. Oh, the Holy Spirit is a comforter. 
He's come to teach us and remind us of all things. In John 14, 26, he says this, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So whether you're using tongues for personal prayer or uh, participating in tongues and interpretation in a corporate gathering, tongues creates this line of communication to God, right? That allows the Holy Spirit to build you up, allows the Holy Spirit to stir you up and to even cheer you up. And it's just, just so important because you can sometimes look and say, okay, well, why am I not, not, not experiencing some of these things? Well, it could be the fact that, man, you just haven't plugged into the source. You haven't allowed that, 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 those jumper cables to get on there and be able to, to, to empower you in such a way that, man, you can be built up. You can be, um, you know, stirred up. You can be uh, uh, cheered up. But that's why Jesus put this, this sign, Right? And so whether, wherever you're at with it, we just want to make sure that you understand that it is something that Jesus promised he would give. That if you are a believer and you go and these signs shall follow you, right? The signs are for authentication, that you are a part of his kingdom and that others can see that, that, that you have these things going on in your life, that God's in your life. Then we want you to just make sure that, that you know that, you know what, you can expect that if you're a believer. If you have never, ever had the opportunity to be prayed for and allowed um, that gift to come, then you know what, Jesus promised it. You have the right to be able to say, I desire this, and I believe he'll come. But also, it's got all these benefits to it and all these uses that are just waiting to be used just waiting for, to, to take you to a next level. Because, I, I, I mean, I, who likes next level? All of us, right? We like next level. And so it's just there for us. And, and if we want to step into it, then I encourage you to step into it. If it's something that you already have and you're already, you know, um, use it, then can I just say increase? Increase. Increase. Increase that gift. Increase your, your, your time praying in your heavenly language. Because all of those things that we just talked about will begin to, to explode within you. And you're like, man, I am more cheerful than I have ever been. Well, have you been praying a lot in the Spirit? Yeah! Oh my gosh, that's awesome! Because that's part of what he does. Right? He builds you. I'm, I'm more encouraged about my situation, even though my situation you know, just looks terrible right now. But man, I'm praying in the Spirit, man. I just feel more encouraged about it. I'm built up about it. I'm cheerful about it. I'm just, man, I'm stirred up. I'm stirred up. Man, God, what do you want me to do? See, that's just, it's like baking a cake, man. Your, your walk with Jesus, this is kind of a weird analogy, but your walk with Jesus and the Holy Spirit is like baking a cake. You got to add ingredients into the thing to make the cake right? But see, we sometimes say, well, no, I, I just got the flour. I'm good. I, I don't need the, the baking powder or baking soda. I don't know which one goes, which one it is. 
I don't need the salt. I don't need the sugar. I don't need that. But it's like, no, no, in order for the cake to be this beautiful thing to eat and to partake in, no, you got to add all of those ingredients together. And so this gift is part of the ingredient to your walk with Jesus, to your walk here on the earth. And again, you can leave it out. And that's okay. No one's throwing stones or anything like that. But, but he, he, his heart is to say, man, why, why leave a gift on the table? Why leave it on the table if it's available to you? And, and, if, and, if, and if, you, you, if it takes you a while, right? And you're one of those people, I got to walk around the gift for a while. Really think if, man, do I really want that gift? Man, I'm good with that. But, but we want you to know it's available. It's sitting at the table. And he's just like, hey, here it is. So do me a favor about your head. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.